Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this series. We finish it today. Next week, we're having a whole C3 Impact Sunday. Just to tell you all that's happening with C3 Impact, share some testimonies, stories, and vision for that. Uh, and then we start Race the Conversation the week after in October for the whole of the month of October, for four weeks of it. It's five Sundays. But this is our last Sunday on Beyond Blessed series. And we thought there'd be no one better to finish this than our uh, pastor here who's head of business, and our stewardship pastor, and someone who lives this stuff out. So would you please put your hands together and welcome Rob Allen. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Welcome to church. Isn't it great to be in the house of God this morning? And those, if you're joining online, you're equally welcome. You, in wherever you are, in your kitchen, your dining room, your garden, you are part of the house of God this morning. So as Steve said, I've got the privilege today of uh, finishing off our three-week series on Beyond Blessed. But we are very grateful to Pastor Robert Morris and the, and the team at Gateway Church for making this material available to us as a church and to the wider wider church. We are so grateful that uh, God inspired them to produce that material. But just a bit of a recap. So in, in week one, Pastor Steve, um, he, he told us that uh, generosity and stewardship, they have to go together. They're like two legs walking along. But one of the fundamentals of stewardship that he shared was that about ownership and that it all belongs to God. And then last week, Pastor Angie was with us and she shared from the parable of the talents in Matthew and how we should be a good steward. And that if we steward correctly, we are both protecting and expanding what God has entrusted to us. Now church, I just want to say something about Pastor Steve and Pastor Angie. They are some of the most generous people I know. They have stewarded well, and they are generous with their time, their treasure, and their talents. Let's just show a bit of love to Pastor Steve and Angie in the room and online. We'll see it in the comments. Thank you. So today's message is a little different. You'll notice if you've been around a while that most, uh, most of the time at uh, C3, the, the messages have three points. Well, today we've got 10 points. So I'm not going to be able to spend too much time on each point. I think we've probably got a couple of hours, so we should be okay. Um, no, I just, 20 minutes and we're done. So today's title is The 10 Financial Commandments. Now, some of you I know, know me as a finance guy and you're going to start switching off, aren't you? Please don't switch off. I'm going to be really gentle with you. We shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about money and finance. You know, the greatest teacher that ever walks the earth, Jesus, taught about money. There are 2,350 verses in the Bible about money, wealth and possessions. Now, I want to be clear. You know, I know people who don't have a lot of resources who struggle with stewardship, but I equally know people with plenty of resources who also struggle with stewardship. You know, we're not talking about how much, but we're talking about ownership and we're talking about what goes on in our heart. So as I said today, we're going to go through 10 financial commandments and show you how they line up with the 10 commandments in Exodus 20. So you're ready, pens poised, fingers poised, following along on version. I'm sure you're all on version when you're on your phones. Nobody's texting or anything. Um, 
If you're a paper person, get your highlighter, pens out, whatever it is that you need to do. So, ready, let's go. Number one, put God first. So we talked about tithing and giving the first 10% to God. And that goes with the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. But I just want to look at a story in Kings, 1 Kings uh, chapter 17. It's talking about Elijah and during a famine that lasted three and a half years in that land. The verses will come up behind me or on the screen. So 1 Kings 17, 10 to 14. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and, son, myself, myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make a little cake of it and bring it to me and afterwards make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So did you notice in there, Elijah said, will you bring me some water and some bread? And then he said, let's make a cake. I found this a bit strange. I mean, that would be me straight after a fast. Where's the cake? But Elijah's like asking the widow. But you notice in there, he uses the word first. A cake from it first and bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And you know, if you read the rest of the story, the jug and the jar were not empty. It was a miracle. It was a miraculous provision from God. A miraculous provision after she had put God's God first. So let's think about this a bit further. There was a famine. You know, why didn't God send Elijah to a rich person? And you know, I think several of us think God sent Elijah to the widow so that she could provide for Elijah but I don't think so listen carefully he sent Elijah to her so God could provide for her you know people think God wants us to tithe so the church can be taken care of but that's not true God wants you to be tithe so you can be taken care of God doesn't need your money you know that widow had one meal left and her son had a terminal disease and by the way later on we read he dies a few months later and then Elijah raises her son from the dead. So, you know, that whole relationship with Elijah and the widow was not just so God could provide for sort of financially and for food. God knew her son was going to die. You know, so what I'm trying to say is we put God first. It's more than just your finances that are in order. Your family comes into order as well. You know, that's the real point of this. You know, I can, well, I, we can personally testify to God's faithfulness in our own family when we put him first. Number two, don't worship material things. This goes with the second compartment, verse four. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. A carved image is an idol. 
An idol is something that we put before God. Think about it. Have you ever put material things before God? I have. I could be the only one. But I'd like to find out. Let me ask a question. Have you ever bought something you regret buying? Can I see any hands in the room or in the comments online? I'll pray for you later. You know, you might be tithing, but we're talking about good stewardship here, which means we pray about everything we purchase. We don't spend money without asking the owner if we can spend it. So that's how material things can become an idol. So don't worship material things. Number three, don't use God's name selfishly. Exodus 20 verse 7 we read, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Where am I going with this one? What do you think when you think of a vain person? Don't nudge the person next to you, I'm checking. You think of conceited people, prideful people, a selfish people. You know, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. This word actually means selfishly. Obviously, I believe we should not use profanity and not use profanity when we use God's name. But I think a lot of people do use God's name selfishly. In other words, we're praying for material things in Jesus' name rather than things of spiritual nature. You know, it is okay to pray for our needs. After all, God did teach us. Jesus taught us, give us this day our daily, daily bread. It's even okay to pray for our wants and desires, but don't cross that line when it becomes selfish. So that's number three. Don't use God's name selfishly. Number four, be a good steward. And Pastor Angie talked a bit about this last week. And we talk about stewardship in relation to the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath. To the Lord your God, on that day you shall not do any work. So let me just think about how this relates to being a good steward. You know, God is saying to you, be a good steward of your time and your energy, working six days and resting one day a week. This is actually believing that God can do more in six days than you can in seven. And think about it, Genesis chapter one, what did God do in six days? He created the heavens and the earth. So I think anything I try to do in seven will not match that. So I will stick to six days a week and Sabbath. And tithing is the same. It's believing that God can do more with the 90% than you can with 100. It's simply good stewardship. And all good stewards, and you might want to write this down if you're writing or doing your notes, all good stewards do three things in my view. And, I, and the order uh, that I will tell you them is also important they give generously they save diligently and they spend wisely say that again give generously save diligently spend wisely if you're not doing these three things you're not being good steward of what God has entrusted to you number five teach your children teach your children about money and possessions and God and the kingdom of God this is it relates to the fifth commandment, honour your father and mother. Why did God want children to honour their mother and father? Because that's where they're going to learn about God. Your children learn about God, about money, resources from you. The way you talk about it, the way you handle money, whether you give to the church, the way you talk about it when you're around the house. 
If you say things like, oh, if we just had a bit more money, our problems would be solved. You know what you're doing? You're teaching your kids and your children to serve money. If you look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verses 30, verse 13, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be a enslaved to money. There's no half measures here, no if, buts, maybes. You cannot highlight it, capital letters, serve God and be enslaved to money. Halfway through now, are you with me? Number six, live on a budget. Now, living on a budget goes along with the sixth commandment. Now, bear with me on this one. You shall not murder. So I had to make that one work a little bit, but you hopefully forgive me, all right? So if you're not living on a budget, you're killing yourself or your finances. Another way of putting it, Another way of putting it is we plan to fail when we fail to plan. Highlight that, write that down, say it again. It's worth noting. Hashtag, whatever you do with it. We plan to fail when we fail to plan. Or put it another way, if you don't have a goal, you're probably going to reach it, aren't you? You know, and so many people just don't have a plan. And a budget is basically a plan. And the great thing about having a budget is it makes... It helps you make financial decisions without emotion because it makes them for you. It's, it's basically a map. You know, if you're lost financially, a budget is a map that will guide you. It's important. I feel this is really important for you guys to hear. And I've spoken to a number of people over the years, and people are embarrassed to talk about it. They're embarrassed to talk about their finances. They don't want to share. There's an element of shame and I always say to people, you know, there's always hope. And we'll talk a bit more about that later. You know, we, we go to uni, we go to school, we go to college, we come to courses that the church puts on about all sorts of things. So why wouldn't we ask for help with our financial discipleship as well as everything else? And, you know, we will be running some courses. Have a look on the C3 website. Budgeting courses, financial discipleship. So number six, live on a budget. Number seven, live below your means or don't live beyond your means. And this goes along with the seventh commandment in verse 14 of Exodus 20. You shall not commit adultery. I'll explain. When you commit adultery, you are living above God's provision for your life. It's the same way when you live beyond your means. You know, there are two, two reasons why people live beyond their means. One is they're not content. When you live beyond your means, when you buy things you can't afford, and I'm going to be quite direct with you, church, you're shaking your fist in the face of God. You're telling God, I am not content with you. I'm not content with your provision for me, so I'm going to do it my way. Now, I know that's quite straight, but if you read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, it's written by Paul and he writes this for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content you see he's learned I have learned you know, Paul is probably the greatest apostle who ever lived he wrote about a third of the Old Testament and he could write I have learned to be content so that tells me that I you guys watching online we can all learn this it is attainable you know I might not be content now but I have to learn that I'm going to be content whether I'm doing really well 
or struggling at times. You know, my contentment doesn't rest on my finances, it rests with God. And then there's a second reason why people live belong their means. The first one, as I say, is when they're not content. And the, the second we can read in Luke chapter 14, verse 28, which says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? So that's the second reason people live beyond their means, is they don't count the cost before they start. Number eight, don't buy now and pay later. This goes along with the eighth commandment, you shall not steal. It's stealing to spend money you don't have. There's some really scary statistics out there, excuse me, long teeth. Um, did you know that average debt in the UK is 33,000 per, 33, pounds per adult, which is approximately 110% of ad average earnings. So that's why we should budget and not buy now and pay later. So God has wired us emotionally to hope. There's a verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 24, that references hope four times in, in one verse. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? So in other words, I mean, if you could remember these two words, delayed gratification. God has wired us to look forward to things, to want something, to work for something, to wait for it, and then once we get it, to have joy that is overwhelming because we've had to wait for it and we've had to work for it. But we don't do that anymore, do we? We want it, so we take out a little plastic card and we go and buy it. And then you realise that's why you don't actually have the joy that God wanted for you. You know, he'd love you to experience some joy over that new purchase with a delayed gratification. So, moving on. So God is happy for us to buy things, but don't buy it now and pay for it later. Number nine, be a good witness. This lines up with the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. You know, God wants us to be a witness to our neighbours, to be a, bear true witness about him. So, you know, if you're telling your neighbour about God, and he's looking over your shoulder and wondering why, you know, you don't maintain your property, your garden's in a mess, but you've just rocked up in a brand new car, you know, that's a poor witness. The way we handle our finances can be a good or a bad witness about God. You know, and it, you might say to me, you know, back in 20, 2008, had a, had a tough time, lost everything. You know, are you saying I was a bad witness? No, I'm not saying that. If you went through that struggle with joy in your heart and you were trusting in God, saying, witnessing to your neighbours that things would work out perfectly, that God is faithful, then that would be fine. You know, I'm just saying that we need to watch how we live financially and how that is a witness to our neighbours. So that's number nine. Number ten, be content. Talked a bit about this earlier, but I leave, believe this plays into the tenth commandment. You now shall not covet your neighbour's house or anything that is your neighbour's. Let's talk a little bit about covetousness, because if you're content, you don't covet what someone else has. 
if you're content with what God's provided for you. Let's have a look in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, and look at the list of sin that covetousness is within. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, the reason it's idolatry is because whatever you are coveting, you're making an idol out of. But if we go a little bit further with this, not only do you make an idol out of that, but if you covet what your neighbor has, you make an idol out of it. So say your neighbor gets a new car, and you buy a new car, you're coveting that. But not only are you coveting that new car, you're actually making your neighbor God. Because you are not doing what God tells you to do, you are doing what your neighbor tells you to do. So, new car, new house, new hot tub, you do that, you copy your neighbor, you are making your neighbor God. So, if you're not doing what God tells you to do with your finances, and you do what your neighbor has told you, actually, you don't even know what your neighbor tells you. You just copy what he does. That's making your neighbor God. I want to emphasize that. You know. So, that's the Ten Commandments. You know, you covet what someone else has, your coveting becomes an idol, that person becomes God. You know, don't let someone else spend your money. Let God tell you how to spend his money that you are the steward of. So that's the Ten Commandments, just coming into land now. I'm going to summarize for you briefly. That was a real whistle-stop tour. All of the principles I've talked about today, living beyond our means, living with contentment, not coveting what someone else has, give generously, save diligently, and spend wisely. These are principles that God has given us to live a blessed life. My prayer for you, church, those watching online, is that you truly live a life beyond blessed, that you have enough for your family, you also have enough to bless someone else when the Lord prompts you. After all, church, we are blessed to be a blessing. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your provision for us. Thank you for the ultimate act of generosity, which was to send your son Jesus to die for us. For you so loved the world that you gave. You gave your only son for each of us. Father, I pray that we will steward wisely, give generously, and live beyond blessed. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.